G'day punters, welcome to Victims of the Punt, where we are reviewing day two of the championships there at Randwick. There was plenty going on the track and off the track, and it's still going to be talked about, I'm sure, for the rest of the week. But it's a pleasure to be joined by Mark Sheen, Mark Roden, and Rob Scurry. Mark Sheen, if I start with yourself, uh, was there a highlight on the card as such? Well, I think everyone's spoken about that, the daring ride of Nash. Um, Zaki looked to have that race sewn up, and then uh, Nash made a beeline to the outside fence. Um, a lot of the fancied runners were struggling a long way from home in that race, so he, he took a daring move to, to try and catch the leader, and uh, it paid off. Um, but, uh, you know, he's uh, been fined for excessive whip use. We had Brett Nabdalla uh, fined for waving Tommy Berry on there the week before, and uh, I believe both of those are going to be used in plenty of promos uh, for the next couple of weeks for, for what the carnival's produced. So it's quite interesting, isn't it? <laughs> does, does that mean they get paid back afterwards for use of their no, image I'm rights? I'm not sure about that. <laughs> just, just on the daring ride, Mark, did you find it interesting that none of the other jockeys in the last two races tried to take the same tactics? I mean, it really looked completely stark to what we'd seen previously. And quite often growing up listening and watching a lot of Randwick races, you know some of those better lanes are quite often against the hard outside fence, especially when wet, and just no one else seemed to take the plunge. Yeah, I, I remember years ago when Randwick has a lot, had a lot of trouble and they were dead set heading to the outside fence, particularly over, you know, some uh, Sydney Cup, uh, Palace Revolt and Banderol, they were dead set on the outside rail years ago. Um, but I think the track was such that you couldn't make a lot of ground, so perhaps they were just worried that they were, were losing too much ground to get there in the first place. Thinking over had sat outside the lead in a slowly run race, yep. so maybe it was a bit easier for him to do that. That's the only thing I could put it down to. For sure. Mark Roden, welcome. Um, How did you find the day overall? How did you see the track play in particular? I've got the, I've got the track pattern slightly wrong. Look, the first thing to say, it was very, 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 very wet. Um, Full credit, I suppose, to them get, getting through that meeting, getting through it safely. You know, there was the meeting was never really in serious doubt of being called off, which, considering the rain and, and just how wet it was, was uh, quite uh, remarkable. Um, inside gates were fine. I think four winners drew one or two, which I, I the week before, admittedly, with the rail on the true, no winners drew inside four. Um, so I got that a little bit wrong, but I think it just came to you handled it or you didn't. Um, Look, it played on pace, but I think that comes down to how wet the surface was as well because some of these horses who get back in uh, the field are going to be relying on a turn of foot or acceleration to get them into the race. And on a ground that ploughed up and heavy, you just you just couldn't use your turn of foot and things really floundered and struggled to make ground. So a lot of grinding wins, tough, you know, nimbly ploughing through it, Bella Nepotina taking an eternity to get there, but, you know, really grinding through it in those last couple of races. Um, I, yes, it was on pace preferred, but I don't think that was down to... Um, the track itself. Yep. And Rob Scurry, welcome to you. Uh, another day in the carnival, another winning set. Um, little stab bet at El Patroness at odds, which is great. Um, overall, how did you see the day? And did you have a standout parader on the card at all? Look, everything in the um, Queen Elizabeth looked great. Even, even um, Mount Popper. Mm. Um, I'm cursing because I, I backed Zaki myself. Um, thought it was home and. And then I realised I've had a, I've left an unmatched place bet on Mount Popper, which I thought would cover me, but it didn't. It was unmatched, uh, which was, was, I was a bit filthy about. But yeah, look, it was really hard to 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 sort of suggest a bet um, after about the Oaks, um, and I think it was just like no bet, no bet, no bet, no bet, because every horse looked looked sensational. 
um, I bought into the narrative. Like he's one of my favourite horses. The um, uh, so, so you think um, Queen Elizabeth winner? <laughs> name escapes me. George Ryder winner. Think it over. Uh, vision and power. Think it, vision and power. Oh. Um, that's what I call it. Uh, yeah, because I backed that in the Australian Cup, um, and you know I bought into the narrative that it was too wet for it. You know, and what my my thing is 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 is, is bucking the trend and not listening to anybody. So I was, I was really kicking myself. It was a very easy bet to have had. You know, Nimalee as well. Um, it, was, it was in the numbers. Looked sensational. Another so you think uh, wet track winner. So yeah, it looked. Um, Glad to get a win on the championships again, but as always, you know, I'm ruining a couple of things. Oh, what could have been? Okay, we, we will review races four through nine, but we'll start with race four, the Percy Sykes Stakes for the two-year-old fillies. In terms of the tempo for the race, they've gone slow, two lengths slow for the class on punting form, started to the 600. And uh, look, you know, for those of us who backed Willinger Beast, it was one of the more painful experiences. Hit the front and then Paris Dior fought back and... Managed to run over the top of it. Rob, Paris Dior's been one of yours for quite a while. Um, how do you see the parade here? Yeah, on top. But yeah. is it yeah. a wet track type? No, it doesn't look. It's like the best look type of three of two-year-old filly to my eye. I think it's the it's the best looker. Um, coming off a, a decent break, that's that that was like a no. Um, I'd rather a match fit horse. Um, and Wollonga Beast, I saw it plough through at Canterbury. Looked very very well. I was drawn outside. Loved, loved that too. Um, I was carrying the cash, you know, at, at, at 250 out. And, and Mark's other bet in the race has given it a little bump, um, which has probably cost it, you know, the win. So, you know, it's four races down. I'm, I'm behind on the units and I'm wondering how. Um, but yeah, look, Paris Dior is probably worth following, but it's cost me a fortune. Um, who remembers Glenn at Warwick yeah. Farm that day? It was <laughs> one of the biggest bets of the year and uh, got beat. So, yeah. <laughs> Love it and hate it at the same time. Mark Shane, how are you reviewing this race? Uh, yeah, well, it's one of the few races I won on, to tell you the truth. So I, mean, I, backed, yeah. I backed her a month ago to win the race because um, the Snowdens uh, normally set one for this. I had a bit of luck with a grey that they won with Pure Relation, I think, a few years ago. Anyway, and I was on Willinga Beast at $17 in the oh. end. So I had a oh. soft watch there early in the week, uh, early at the straight. So, But as I said, it's about the only race I got right all day. So... Um, <laughs> Look, I think she'll train on. She's she trial brilliantly going into this, and uh, she's a magnificent uh, type. And as Rob said, uh, she's not really a, a wet track type. So I think if she gets to Brisbane, which I assume they'll go there now, uh, and she gets drier surfaces, um, she might be able to clean up there. Willinger be just a light type who's probably suited to the wet, but by the same token, they have gapped the rest and run good time here. So uh, I think they're two very promising fillies. Mark Roden, there was obviously no cash for the winner, but you could, mm. to a certain extent, understand that. But it's recorded clearly a, a personal best for, for her and a significant improvement on last preparation as well. Yeah, she's always threatened... Well, she's threatened to do this. She's um, trialled... Well, she trialled thrice really, really well before this, and she's trialled well in the past and raced well in the past before. She was a bit, a little disappointing in that sales race win favourite, mm. uh, I've thought, but she's come on from... I mean, she's just improved leaps and bounds in the trials in between suggested uh, that might be the case. Uh, yeah, along with yours on Malinga Beast at top odds, I had something on Magic Carpet as well, but I thought those two and, and Paris Dior were the, the only, only three chances in the race. And, you know, it got out to better than $4 on the fair late and it should have at least cut out in mm. retrospect, but uh, that's yeah. life. Uh, what I will say is these are two very, very smart fillies along with Fireburn. I think they might be the, the pick of the crop. I mean, 
um, they're obviously couldn't get them up and running in time for the slipper. But um, going forward, uh, Fireburn and these two are the top of the class in my view. And uh, yeah, sick not to get the result, but just the hole they put them in the last furlong here. I know it's a wet ground, so maybe we've got to take it with a grain of salt. But I think they're right, uh, going to be right in the mix in the uh, three-year-old year for sure. See if they end up in Queensland over the coming months. Uh, race five on the card was the Arrowfield four-horse field, yet somehow managed to jump four minutes late. Uh, very slow tempo, <laughs> 14.8 links slow to the 600, and Mazu just kept doing what Mazu's been doing all prep and managed to win pretty comfortably in the end. Uh, good overall splits and good overall figure. Rob, you had four to look at. Uh, how long did it take you to come to a conclusion here? Not long at all. Um, I am lethal. Couldn't see it. Can't yep. see it getting near him. Uh, Paul Ailey didn't look as good as the week before, but looked still looked pretty good. In the Congo, um, looked very well. But in my head, I, I had him a little bit sus. I know he went a ride at Rose Hill. Uh, he ran second in the Galaxy, but um, I, I didn't like him on a heavy 10. Whereas Mazu, he looked to hold his, hold his condition and his attitude, and he just paraded brilliantly. So I was very, very happy to jump on him. And there's a painless watch yep, yep. mark sheen uh obviously mazu's been going great guns this prep unbeaten the last five starts run some really big figures overall uh do you think we've seen the best of him just yet um hard to say because he has settled down a lot in the yard so he's, he is a different horse so I, you know he's going to have to go to the the best level now though he's going to be probably aimed at a race like the everest or something like that so He's going to have to improve again um, uh, to match those sort of horses. But again, uh, Will Nature Strip's got to go to England and then come back. So maybe the ranks will be a little bit thinner um, by the time we get to, to that race um, in six months' time. Look, uh, this race did change complexion with all the scratchings. Mm. Uh, he looked like he was drawn a little bit awkwardly to start with, but um, they only a field of four. He lobbed into a great spot. Um, and I've got to agree, I didn't think Paul Ailey or... I'm Lethal paraded very well, so it just left it down to a toss of the coin, really. Mizzou was, you know, he, he was proven on the heavy, as it turned out. That that proved to be a decisive thing, I think. And Mark Roden, uh, do you do anything when you get four horses in the review? Uh, no, I, I, um, I was going back in the Congo at the better price early, and it kept going off at me, so I've saved me money there. And actually, I, the race certainly did change complexion of the scratchings. It was... Uh, it looked like it was going to be more of a sit sprint, and that's how it panned out. And I think that played more into uh, Mazu's hands than in the Congos as well. Yep. But, yeah, I mean, he's, he's gone well. I mean, he's got a great racing style and a great uh, will to win, which will carry him a long way. He, he certainly has to go to another level to be um, winning an Everest. Well, you know, on what the Everest rated in years gone by, but with Nature Strip being uh, nearly eight and Eduardo nearly nine, I think uh, those ranks might be about to thin out. Well, the thing is, Paul Ailey just finished behind them in the place getters there, didn't he? He ran third, and he's been very safely held here, whether he hasn't backed up from the week to week, which yeah. was a query that we had it with him. But, uh, you know, that may be what we're left with at this stage. That's that's right. They, you know, we've been spoiled almost over the last few years with uh, quite good depth in the sprinting ranks, but, you know, these things are cyclical, obviously, and, you know, the, the, the two big guns, are they're coming to the end of it, aren't they? Race six on the card was the Oaks over 2,400 metres. They've gone very fast here for the class, six lengths faster to the 600. And El Patroness at, uh, at the good prices really won pretty convincingly over Gypsy Goddess and Gin Martini. Rob, uh, you did mention before that this is the start of when all horses started to parade well. So 
he obviously just found a few little edges out of uh, out of the odds here. Yeah, look, this 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 one was I could bet in this race because there is a bit of a tail to it, and it's a set set weights. And I agreed with uh, Mark Roden that Hinge was a risk at the at the trip, and you know, I, even though it was very much a, the the proven horse on the heavy track, I, I, I was sus on it running out the trip. Um, El, El Patroness just just looked like you know strong enough, um, wet, uh, relaxed, um, and I just 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 liked it um, for those reasons. Gypsy Goddess probably the best horse here. Um, she's she's a big strong girl. Whether she's totally suited, uh, I, I'm not sure. Um, you know, I've also gone Honey Creeper. I thought that backed up well, um, but you know, it's a bit silly taking 440 when you got 13 dollars the previous week in a weaker race. So I was kicking myself there. Um, but yeah, you look, you've got Gin Martini running third at 100 to one. Um, yeah, it was probably not a bad run by Honey Creeper. You know, she did get a long way back and got home, but you know, the thing just, just was, yeah, it was a nice watch in the end. Yep. Mark Shane. Yeah, pretty on pace domino this one. Uh, El Patroness and Gypsy Goddess look like they're going to fight it out a fair way from home. I thought Gypsy Goddess looked to be traveling a bit better coming to the bend, but um, El Patroness had that better sprint on the ground. Yeah, not much you can say. Hinged, um, yeah, as we alluded to, always looked like she might be a risk at this trip and Honey Creeper just had to get too far back and coming out of a poor race. So uh, I was surprised she, well, she was very hard in the market to start with around the five to two mark. So uh, I thought she was a pretty good lay at that price to tell you the truth. But uh, I did have a couple of bets in the race and did my money as well. So I only cut out on it. Yeah. Mark Roden, does anything stand out here? The very fast tempo obviously separates quite a few of these, but the heavy track probably clouds things if you're looking forward towards the spring. Uh, yeah, very much so. Plenty have just not handled it. Honeycrep got too far back. Great effort, Rob, finding this winner. He's he's done me again. I was on Gypsy Goddess for, for plenty. And like Mark, I thought they were racing alongside each other and I had the money spent at about the six 600 or so. I thought this is going... Much the better. Dr. William Pike had uh, put it in a great spot and I thought he was going to get the money, but um, it wasn't to be. Uh, great, great stuff, Rob. Well, look, she's gone well, our patroness. She's gone way better than I thought she would. So we can say that she's a real stayer and she loves the wet. Uh, whether that's going to translate onto dry tracks, I don't know. But um, look, if she strikes wet ground over 2,400, again, I won't be letting her under my guard, that's for sure. Yep. Uh, we'll look at the Sydney Cup next, race 7, 3,200 metres. Very fast tempo here, 9.7 lengths fast to the 600, set by Knight's Order. Uh, again, we see one of these staying races where genuine tempo really sorts them out. There's a horrendous tail here with uh, fourth onwards being beaten by over 10 lengths, but uh, full credit to, to Rachel King and, of course, the Waterhouse bot machine just putting the polish on a stayer as per the last however many decades. Rob, how did the uh, stayers look here? They all look, you know, relaxed with good condition. Um, I wasn't really interested to bet in the race at all. Um, I think I didn't even fill out my uh, yard notes because they all looked, you know, they all look, they all look ready to go. Um, you know, every horse uh, looked looked look pretty pretty good. Night sort of always gets a bit sweaty where I don't like, um, which which kind of put me off him a little bit. Um, Shiraz is you know, Shiraz is the wet track sort of type. I thought, um, but yeah, not much interest, Mark Sheen. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of these were feeling the pinch a long way from home, and uh, and you know as we've said, I think once they get on better ground as they, as they go to Queensland, I think a lot of these horses will certainly run better races. Great uh, training performance from Gay and Adrian. Night's order, um, 
yeah, I just wasn't sure about that lead-up form. I, I, maybe having the run the week before has actually played into his hands, but I, I didn't know that the verve not verve form would be <laughs> wouldn't be much good around it to win a Sydney Cup. But uh, on pace and let bowl by Rachel and uh, got the job done. Yeah, not much you can say about the race. But the third horse was a, a great run. Never got on the track and was still hitting the line strongly. Uh, what's the thing that won the Adelaide Cup? What's it called? Daquin Sweet Junior? Yep. That's, yeah, that's the one. That's about- that was about the only one that I didn't like from the yard, and uh, so maybe it can improve. Yeah, sort of his coat was a bit ratty, and anyway. Mark Roden, what do you look at this race and see? Uh, great ride on the winner from Rachel. Just put them to the sword, really. Um, the the chairman's was running a pretty good trip last Saturday too, and that's I think that fitness has um, really been the difference in the end. Uh, I yeah, I think I mentioned my, night's order on Friday in the show and thought there was no real pressing need to take the price on the Friday. thought, you know, there's 100 chances in this. We'll just mm. let it go. Of course, they stepped into it. My <laughs> price edge disappeared. Let it go and just watched it. Well, never going to get beaten. So, yeah, that was good. But, um, yeah, not much to say about it. Yeah, monster, you know, grand annual steeplechase sort of margins out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some horses just gave up a very long way out. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about this most fascinating race, uh, the Queen Elizabeth over 2,000 metres. Even tempo. 0.2 length slow to the 600 and it was really the first twin run that completely sorted it out between themselves and there was some staggering margins against the SP back in the field but uh, Rob let us know how they looked uh, all of them looked sensational really um, it was it was lovely to watch the parade I found it really hard you know to, they really stepped into animo so I, I thought he'd like, paraded like he did when he won um, the Rosal Guineas, um, so I sent him out on top. From Zaki, he looked sharp and in good condition. Um, you know, Mount Popper, best I've seen it, and I knew he was a heavy tracker, um, so I was kicking myself there. And this Dallas Sun continues to parade super. Um, he's run another very good good race. Um, I just think a couple of them haven't handled it at all. Um, very elegant, seems to be a bit disappointing. Um, full credit to Shane Curlio, who said it was a lay all day. So, um, yeah, it was, it, it was, ah, uh, I, I still see I didn't have something on to it. Listening to the narrative is, is, is not my go. And yeah, think it over one on a heavy 10, great ride, but yeah, don't listen to other people. Yeah. That's Ma- the lesson. Mark Shane, how do you review this race, especially with the beaten horses? No, oh, well, I think it's a day that you can forget about to tell you the truth uh, look, look this horse has been a duffer in the wet in the past an absolute duffer mm. and I, I don't know whether he's found the fast lane or what the go is but you know generally on a heavy 10 this horse is struggling coming to the turn he, he got lapped at newcastle i know that was over 2400 meters but his previous heavy runs he just hasn't sprinted um and here he was still with them at the top of the straight zaki beat him off maybe he's found the best ground but but I just can't fathom how horses like Animo and Jouet and Montefilia, even very early had looked gone to me 700 yeah, out. Yeah, so, definitely. And, and we saw that in a later race. Colette, who's an absolute mudlark, was gone at the 800. Yeah. So it, it's just a track where some of them handled it and some of them didn't. So it's a complete head scratcher to me. Uh, the form from the 9th of April for me is dead set, put a pen through it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mark Roden, it's... Going to throw up plenty of questions going towards the spring, but I guess 
you know, there's still has to be a question whether or not we see very elegant race in Australia again, let alone if we see a race overseas. But uh, a few of these others probably have a few question marks next to them going forward as to what their spring features might be. Yeah, uh, it's meaningless. It was a, the race was a fast. It was an absolute fast. They walked. Nothing's been able to make ground. Zaki's almost got away with it by default. I don't think he's gone particularly well. And think it over, who... You know, Kerry Parker, apparently, and good on, good on Kerry Parker. It's great to see him win a race like this. He's a, he's a great trainer with a small stable. But he was apparently saying to his staff, look, we're not going to scratch him from the grand final just because it's wet. You know, he's you know he's got a great will to win and we'll back Nash to get the job done. And, you know, he's basically saying to his staff, this has got no chance, but we're running anyway. And it's, it's one at 40 to one. So um, from a ratings perspective, it's atrocious, absolutely deplorable. I thought last year's... Um, addition that a day of one was bad. There was a bunch to finish and the time was poor. This is lengths inferior to that. Um, it, it's just no form reference whatsoever. Just, yeah, completely ignore it. Um, Animo is one of two horses from the flying Godolphin stable that I've backed, uh, that has been very solidly supported by the market and run last. Uh, Emanate and last was another one. So, you know, they've gone from, yeah, and, and Mark mentioned Colette as well. It was backed off the map, beaten halfway up. So they've gone from the most informed stable in uh, the land to can't get you know can't get them get to the turn a week later. Unbelievable! But um, three last in a row under five to one. Those last three races. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> well, I, I only back two of them is the only comfort I can take from that. <laughs> Not all three, but um, yeah, just I mean, what are we? I mean, I was really, really looking forward to this race, and by the halfway mark, I said this is this race is a joke, and you could see very elegant was starting to struggle. Animo wasn't. Copying it, I was I was on Montefiore, the best yeah. back tracker in the race. She, she was gone before the turn. It was just a, just joke. Should are these races too early with Sydney's weather these days? I mean, the Hawkesbury standalone and the Gosford standalone are going to be running good fours in three and four weeks' time. You know, I would take a dollar fifty. They're both running good fours, and we have to put up with a heavy ten most of the time. Um, I'd be careful about Hawkesbury there, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they leave a tap running there, it's a heavy ten. So um, mm. yeah, we'll. I'm blaming yeah. the helicopter, Pete. You were right that mile with the helicopter. I always box that up, but uh, yeah, it got a lot of work. The helicopter. Maybe we should be blaming it for the appearance of the track. Well, the track's raced pretty well considering the rain we've had yeah. until Saturday. This was just a different sort of track altogether, wasn't it? Yeah. I just. I mean, oh, they, they were on a good four for this meeting last year, but it was a week later. Just these these first two Saturdays in April just seems to be either. Still raining or still damaged from the rain they've copped earlier in the autumn. It's just, just, I'd just love to see this carnival run on a run of good tracks. Mate, well, that's never going to happen, I don't think. No. We're not going to delay it into May. <laughs> interfere with everything else. Although, mind you, the whole carnival's spreading out slowly across the year, so it'll just be group ones yeah. every week soon. Um, okay, let's have a look at the Queen of the Turf. Fast tempo race, 3.7 links fast to the 600 on punning forms data, and uh, Nimalee was travelling of fair way out and Anavisto also went well as the leader, but uh, Ollie just put the horse in the spot and it just completely ran over him. Uh, Rob, what do you think of the fillies here in the fillies and mares? Again, very hard to, to find a horse that didn't parade well. Um, and, and Nimalee was, was dappled up and, and, you know, relaxed and ready to go. And um, yeah, I'm filthy that I didn't send something out because um, Colette, um, Ice Bath, uh, they just struck me as just being a little bit short in, in the market. And, um, yeah, Anavisto looked very well. Um, yeah, 
promise of success seems to you know to have run well for a sort of a get back horse but um yeah just a bit bit filthy on myself that I didn't send something out on the winner here Mark Sheen uh, how do you review the queen of the turf yeah, look, another race where the winner was poised just on the back of the speed. So in the, in that leading division, um, Ice Bath got a long way back. Uh, McAvoy did go to the inside to save ground. This was a race after that everything had gone to the outside. So <laughs> during the run, I'm going, what's going on here? I thought he'd be circling the field to the outside fence. But by the same token, I don't think it made any difference. He, he saved a lot of ground with that ride. And uh, I just think it was very hard to make ground... Um, throughout the day in my opinion and and Emily just lobbed into a good spot her and Anna Vista came away up the rise and was pretty hard to make ground and from that point I thought Ice Bath did a great job to get as close as she did and as I said Colette was gone at the 800 and Fangirl was back in the, with the cap catches as well so you know set an impossible task under the circumstances yep Mark Roden uh yeah they yeah they lobbed in the right spot first and second Emily's gone really well but Perfectly suited, I'd suggest there. Um, I was on Ice Bath too, he was calling K McAvoy all sorts of names when he went to the fence, but had he come around, he wouldn't have finished any yeah. closer. There's no doubt at all about that. Um, yeah, not much to take out of the race. Nimalee's a good horse. I feel very, very sorry for Rob. He's, he's back to the Oaks winner at 25s and it's won by about six, and then he's done nothing but complain about the race. It's following <laughs> the, wasn't on the next one at 40s and this one at 15. So, yeah, poor old Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been a day for the ages, Rob. It could have been an absolute all-time. Well, I've walked in and I've, and I've looked at the two-year-olds. I said, "There's only two chances here," yeah. and uh, Williamsburg, and I haven't seen it. And I'm filthy. Um, you know, Rustic Steel's loomed up to win. We've had Wollonga Beast. Uh, you know, and to be down by race four, I was, I was. Uh, anyway, anyway, yeah, it, it was, it was good. It was good to get the uh, Oaks win. It was a, yep. it was a special moment. It was a smart comeback. That's what it was. You're in form. That's all that matters. All right, that brings us to the end. I'll get a couple of horses to follow from each of you. Uh, Mark Sheen, I'll start with yourself. No, I, I, there's nothing to follow out of this yeah. race, honestly. Uh, if Paris Door goes to Brisbane, I think she'll win a good race up there uh, if they press on with her. They might uh, put her away now and and wait for uh, the spring. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, I, as I said, I think this meeting is best forgotten. Yep. Mark Roden, anything for you? No, just those fillies, Paris Dior and, and Willing Beast, I think they're very smart. Yeah, and uh, Rob, anything that you could lead us out of the yard for uh, for maybe next start? Look, um, you know, I had a big bet on Lock Eagle, which and I thought it was just, he just got pushed to the fence, which I didn't like. Um, it got done by, you know, the only good open winner of the day. Um, I think that horse has uh, got something Um and maybe uh, Zethus on a slightly drier service. So maybe, maybe those two um, could be worth following. But, you know, do your own research very much. So yeah. it's heavy 10 or heavy 15. Yep. Uh, the week ahead, we've got Kembley Grange tomorrow, Tuesday, that is. Wednesday, Hawkesbury. Thursday at Wyong. Nothing on Friday except for Canberra. But then on Saturday, Kembley Grange once more. And uh, the all-aged and the ch- champagne stakes to round out the group ones. Mark Sheen, is there anything that takes your eye in either of the features at this stage? Uh, no, well, we'll see if Fireburn can be uh, the first filly to do that triple crown. I don't think it's ever been done before by filly. Um, so uh, she'll be joining some elite uh, ranks there if she can do that. Um, no, I haven't seen the noms yet, mate, so I, I, I don't know be guessing. Just yeah. hope the track plays a little bit better. Yeah, we'll wait and see. All right, guys, thanks very much for joining me. We'll catch up on Friday to preview the meeting, but until then, have a good week.